What's up? This is Luke Hawks, Wolfie. I'm glad to be on. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hey, Wolfie, I think it was the other day you said, hey, Jimmy, have you seen this TV show called Heels? And I said, I've been wanting to, man. I just haven't done it. You were like, look, Stars has got this offer. Go ahead and sign (laughs) up for it. And I was signed up and I'd already watched the five episodes by the time I texted you the next time. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it was under 12 hours you did five episodes, and that's where we're at. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and kind of spill the beans this episode, even though it's live and in color, it's pre-taped and in color this time, because we have got <laughs> Luke Hawks on right now. He is the stunt coordinator and the trainer of the Heels team, all the, all the actors. He's actually got a character on the show, too. Luke, thank you for joining us. What's up, man? No, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me out. Yes, sir. And like I said, we're going to talk heels today because I'm a huge mark for that show, by the way. And what I want to talk about first, man, uh, everybody know you run uh, Wildcat Wrestling down in Louisiana. Uh, you've been in the business for quite a while. I think you and I even wrestled each other back in the early 2000s, maybe. Uh, was that for Bill Barron's? It's for Bill Barron's, yeah. I think yeah. like 2000, probably, probably early 2003-ish. Is when I think it was. We had a little program in Cornelia, Georgia for Wildside, which right. was cool because uh, you were the first, like, real big name uh, outside of the XPW guys and stuff that I worked at and when I was doing XPW stuff. Like, you were the first big name that I got a chance to work with and actually learn some stuff from, and, and I really appreciate that because back then, um, I, well, I'm from Louisiana, New Orleans to be exact, and there's not a lot of wrestling around here. And the guys that are around here – um, aren't really up to par. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not to take a dump on anybody. It just is what it is. You know, there's a lot of bad independent wrestling everywhere, especially across, uh, you know, I, I say, I say especially across the South, but it's really everywhere. And I noticed that going to different parts of different regions, you know, yeah. but you know, it, you go to some parts of Mississippi and Alabama, and I'm sure in Tennessee and Louisiana, it gets rough. And these guys think they're veterans and they've never really been out of like home of Louisiana. They've been wrestling at home of Louisiana for 15 years, yeah. doing one show a month and they're not really properly trained. So that was kind of the guys I came up around yeah. and um, they really didn't care for me. They kept treating me bad. And I, I had a mouth on me because I, I knew these guys were, I know they were, they were, they were as, my, as my son likes to say, uh, Gordon, my 10 year old likes to say, oh, it's Gordon Ramsey, which means it's dog shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, this is dog shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah. my, whenever, I, whenever I ask my 10 year old, what do you think? He goes, it's Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what, um, that's what I grew up around. So, it was cool to, you know, be able to work with you and learn some things. You were doing the Slash character at the time. Like, and it was kind of, I think it was still fairly new at the time. I think you'd only been doing it a couple of years maybe at that yeah, point. you're right. You're right. Around 2000 is when I changed uh, because I felt like the gimmick, I had outgrown it. Uh, and, and as you'll see, like uh, John Cena compared, like when he first started doing it, you know, PG-13 was two young punks. Then I get older and I just look like an older dude in some shorts. And so compare that John Cena looking like Marky Mark and then how he does today looking like Ernest goes to camp. 
You see, so I, I just wanted to, change, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to change the gimmick up because uh, I felt like I had outgrown it. But yeah, that's about the time I started doing Slash. Um, what is your what is your history of Memphis wrestling, Luke? So I I grew up mostly on WWF because that was really that was all available. Now I was a poor white trash kid, bro. You know I, yeah. I grew up. If, if some people on here may know me, some people may not know me, and they might not know my history. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a really, really rough life growing up, and I was in and out of uh, – I never had a stable environment, you know, drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, parents, you know, yeah. in and out of jail, all that stuff. So, And uh, I was in a boy's home. I got out at 15, got adopted. But, like, like I never had a stable environment, so I didn't have any way to, you know, always watch wrestling. Yeah. But wrestling was my escape from life. So it was the only thing I cared about from a real early age. It was the only thing that really got my mind off of things. And then, like, I was always passionate about it. It was something I always wanted to do, and it never left me. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly, like, you know, again, young age, I grew up watching, like, you know, my favorites were the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Mm -hmm. Hogan and those guys as a young kid because they were, like, superheroes. And I, like, I was a Warrior guy over a Hogan guy. But, uh, (laughs) but, But as I got into, like, early teenage years, like, 11, 12, 13, I really started to appreciate like Rick Rude and Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Right, Perfect. Right. Like those work for I remember watching Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't watch it live. I, we used to rent tapes from the uh, library. The library would have uh, wrestling tapes. You'd get a library card and you go there and get it for free, right? So yeah. uh, I would go rent the VHS tapes when they would, when they would come out. And uh, watching, I remember watching that match and kind of put me on a whole different spectrum as far as wrestling went because of just the athleticism and the things they did and how amazing the match was. Right. And it really made me fall in love with that kind of style uh, instead of, you know, just the showmanship. I love the showmanship as well. It's like the big yeah. characters and the superhero looking. But uh, Memphis wrestling came along later in my life because of uh, USWA was on television here at some point on like one of the local access channels, same way as ECW was. Right. So I would stay yeah. up. I don't remember what channel it was, but, uh, I would stay up late to watch that and watch uh, Lance Russell and all those guys commentate. And, you yeah. know, uh, and there were so many guys in and out. You know, Lawler was always there. Brian Christopher was always there. I don't think you were there at that point. Uh, maybe maybe you came in at some point. Because they used to fluctuate so much. It was weird because I didn't understand it because sometimes you would see a guy that was on WWE TV, WWF television, and he'd be there. Right. So I, I didn't know anything right. about developmental or, or work and all that stuff. So I just yeah. thought it was cool to see a local promotion or like, like, a, like you know, somewhere big. <laughs> and then what I started to find out was uh, I started working with local companies here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, they, were, they weren't really good, but it was all we had. So I would go right. and uh, they would let me hang out as a kid and do all that crap. And I'd help put up the ring and I'd meet the local guys. And then I would find out some of the guys were coming up through the ranks and they were going through Memphis and they were, you know, uh, like, you know, Bob Holly was a big name here. Like he was mm-hmm. one of the guys, uh, the Samoans, like, uh, uh, Esmo. And now this is later, late, later on, this is like towards the end of high school, you know, mm-hmm. like, like my sophomore junior days, uh, but like Esmo and, uh, and Maddie, uh, who were, they were three minute warning, like, and they were going up to Memphis at first and, you know, working yeah. up there. And and I was like, oh, the way to WWE is through Memphis. That's mm, what I thought. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you want to if you want to go to WWF, you have to go through Memphis. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, yeah. And it, but it was cool because it was different. You know, yeah. it wasn't the big spectral, you know, spectacular production with all the fireworks. It was just good old wrestling. 
Right. So, uh, and, and, and I, I really dug it because it was different. And then I wasn't used to seeing Jerry Lawler as a baby face because yeah. I hated him as a heel. He did such a good job as a heel as a kid. I couldn't right. stand him. I right. thought he, I hate, I hate him. Like I wanted to jump over the railing and punch Jerry Lawler in the face. And I was like, man, if I were to go to a show, I'm jumping the railing and I'm hitting Jerry Lawler. Thank God I didn't because I would have got my ass kicked back then. But, um, <laughs> but you know, he did his job. Right, and then yeah. you turn on Memphis Wrestling, and you see him as the big star and the babyface and the one taking up everybody and doing, you know, doing doing things the right way. And I was like, huh, this is different. All, All right. right, so uh, I, I got turned on to a lot of things from that, and mm-hmm. you know, just different styles. And I really, I'm a Southern boy, so mm-hmm. I appreciate the Southern style more than anything. Uh, right. I'm not a big fan of all the choreography and all that stuff. And I know yeah. it's talent. Look, I'm not trying to crap on it. It's just, exactly. I just. You you know how it is. You're old school, yeah. bro. You came yeah. up in a different time. You know, yeah. you, you're before me. So you, you guys told stories. Yeah. And I don't see a lot of storytelling today. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm not saying it's not talented. I'm not saying there's a lot of good wrestlers. I just really, really miss being emotionally involved and yeah. being, you know, told a story. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's not, like you said, it's not a knock. And I say this all the time, not a knock on these guys because they're talented, they're athletic. It's just not what I signed up for. It's not right. the same product. And therefore, you know, we'd be like, oh, you know, he's he's uh, bitter. No, I'm not bitter. I just don't like what's on now. It's not what I signed up for. It's it's not the same thing. You're not emotionally vested in the whole thing. You know, I know they say, oh, they sell. No, they don't sell. <laughs> and it's, it's so, it's so, everything's so choreographed and tele- telegraphed and just, just everything. It looks like they're working together instead of working against each other, which we've always been yes. working together, but you make it look like you're working against each other, not with each other. And I, I actually, it's funny you say that because I was at work uh, yesterday at the dealership and it's kind of slow and I flipped on, uh, uh, it was a ROH show with two guys. I don't know their names. Uh, they didn't look good and everything they did was Terrible. I mean, athletic, but terrible. It just didn't make sense. I just couldn't watch it anymore. And, and again, athletic probably did some shit that I can't do or could never do. But uh, it's just not the same. But um, so let's get into what I really want to talk about, which is your show. And Jimmy, I'm gonna let you start it out. Uh, ask you. I know you got a, a damn probably a notebook full of questions for him. So go <laughs> ahead with your first question about the show heels. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, man, I love what y'all are doing. You know, the actual wrestling part of it and also seems like good writing and good acting. So basically, my first question is, how long before filming did you all start training the actors on the process of being pro wrestlers? So we didn't get we didn't get a lot of time to train them. Uh, and this this is the deal It's it's. Uh, we had a lot of hoops to jump through, and they did a. The, the team did a wonderful job of building this this um, stage with a gym and a wrestling ring in it. And that's what every day, every morning, we went in and we did physical weight training, and then we did wrestling training. But we would wrestle per the script. You know, I wasn't teaching these guys how to run full matches or anything else like that. We barely had right. time to get in what we had to get in because you got to think. Uh, we were one of the first productions. I think we were actually the first production up and running during COVID. Wow. So, because the show was pushed because of COVID, like we knew, we knew all the stuff prior. Like we knew we were getting into it. We knew where we were going. Uh, and then I think I was supposed to be out there 
early March was when we were originally supposed to start, I think it was, and then COVID hit, and it was like, oh, everything's on hold. And then I went into a couple-month hiatus where, like everybody else, where the world shut down, right? And we don't know what's going on. I had started, I said, look, I'm not the kind of guy that can sit home. So after like two or so months of sitting home, I was like, man, you know, there's a good chance we might not wrestle or film for the rest of the year. And I can't, I, everybody had disposable income because, or they seemed to look like they had disposable income because everybody was blowing money and ordering stuff online. And, you know, you see, we live in a social media world, so we see people bragging about what they're buying and things they're doing. And I was like, man, well, maybe this is a good time for me to make some money off personal training instead of sitting home and not making anything. So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, and I wasn't financially strapped, thank God. But at the same time, I just can't sit around. And I'm so used to working, 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 going and trying to, you know, and and wearing two different hats that I was like, look, I need to do something. So I went and did a photo shoot. I uh, put some some ads together and stuff. And I said, I'm just going to start personal training until eventually I can go back to work again. If we can ever go back to work, because nobody knew, because we never experienced something like this, right? Right. Well, I put out an ad. The next day, I had a full client roster. You know, I had eight hours of training. So literally the next day. And that same day, it was crazy. It literally happened overnight. Like I put out the ad. I got several messages at night saying, can I start tomorrow? Because everybody was free. Nobody had work to go to. You know, everybody had, you know, again, they were getting money from the government. So they were a little, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. They just, people had money to spend. So I was like, yeah. So I started with a full schedule. That same day that I started, I got a call going, hey, uh, yeah, we're going to start up in two weeks in Georgia. We need you out here. So I was like, oh, holy shit. I just <laughs> took on eight clients. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, like I, I don't want to screw these people over. So, uh, and I was like, I also don't know if it's going to go forward because we might get shut down again. You know, they might decide to pull the plug because yeah. of COVID. So I waited about a week, made sure everything was good. I secretly started packing up my house and doing everything. And uh, my lease was up where I was at, and we were about to buy a house anyway. So I was like, look, I told my old lady, you got to go move in with our friend. Uh, I'm going to pack, go to Georgia, do this, you know. And she's super supportive. So uh, I, I waited about a week. Everything was good to go there. Like, you start this day. You've got to be here this day. So I just that's when I told the clients. I said, look, uh, I know we just started, but I have to go to Georgia. They I called in to work. I wasn't expecting to go so early to do COVID, but – I'll help online do whatever I can. And uh, I went to work, man, and we started, and we started pretty quickly. We didn't have a lot of prep time, you know, again, because, like, everything was off the off the whim. So right. uh, I was under the impression that we'd be training them fully, you know, teaching them how to wrestle, and yeah. we didn't have time for that. So we went with, like, let's teach them per script, you know, whatever the script has. And we did some changes and stuff to things uh, a lot. But the guys really did a good job, the guys and girls, because what happened was they weren't just training. They had all these scenes to film. And you, yeah. if you watch the show, you see how much dialogue's in the show. So can yeah. you imagine, oh, yeah. you know, having to, you know, and, and we're filming every day. So you got to memorize uh, five pages of dialogue today, which is a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And then you have to work out, and then you have to learn, and then like, and then imagine the dialogue on top of the wrestling, the times where you have to perform in the wrestling ring and perform the dialogue. Right. So you know, and these guys really, they they did such a good job, and they had such a good attitude, and they all wanted to work hard. So um, 
And the hardest two to get in there were Steven and Xander because they were the busiest. The, the, the others were really busy as well, but they're mm-hmm. the two leads where the show's really based around. So mm-hmm. they had, like, zero free time. Yeah. So the, the, the way I'm really, really, really amazed on how well they did and how good they picked up on things and how hard they worked with the little bit of time they had and how, you know, I, you got to say stress because they were just getting hammered from all ends. You know, huh. yeah. diet, workout, learn some wrestling, learn your dialogue, do all your promotional stuff, go take your pictures, do everything. Like these guys will work and work and work and work. And that's what you sign up for. But at the same time, it was a lot, man. So I've never seen somebody make that transition, especially actors. You got to think about this. I'm from the stunt world, right? I, I broke into right. stunt business doing stunts. Right? And I do acting, yeah. I do, but I broke in doing stunts. And I still yeah. do a lot of stunts. And I'm used to actors not really doing much of anything physical. Most yeah. actors don't want to do thing, things physical. And, and productions don't want to be, don't want them to because they don't want to risk getting them hurt. Right. It was right. different with heels. It was like, this has to be authentic. We can't use stunt guys doing whole matches. We can't use yeah. wrestlers doing whole matches. We have to show these guys being physical and doing everything. And that was what really was, you know, that, that was the difference in the show. Not just good writing, but showing these guys work really hard. So when you watch these guys, 95% of what they're doing is them doing it. Wow. Hey, let me stop you real quick because I kind of want to lead into something else that I was going to ask you. Uh, when you said 95%, that was actually going to be my next question was how much did each guy do? But beyond that, I, like I was a huge fan of Arrow, so I know him. I was also a huge fan of Vikings, so I know uh, Xander from that show. And, and I always thought, this is just a little side thing, does he not look like Chase Stevens, like a young Chase Stevens? <laughs> I mean, yeah. for real. I, I said that before he was on this show. When he was on Vikings, I sent Chase a message. He's doing a great job on Vikings. Anyway. Hey, so, <laughs> just not half as wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just not half as wild as Chase. Right, right. <laughs> so my <laughs> next question would be, um, out, of the, out of the bunch, who could you pick out of there and who would be the most successful actual wrestler? You know, a couple of people asked me that question already. And um, I've done it. No, no, <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's tough because they all do so well, yeah. right? I mean, you look at James Harrison, who's an NFL, you know, yeah. top athlete specimen, right? Like the guy is just a stone, hard yeah. worker, and he picked up things quick. He never used a stunt double at all. Yeah. Like, like his stunt double was just sitting there. Gary, right. Gary, Gary Peebles is a stunt double who uh-huh. is extremely talented. But yeah. Gary would get frustrated because Gary wants to do things because he's super athletic, super hard worker. I mean, yeah. look, we had a gym there, right? The gym was for us. The first thing we did was train when we go in every day. Mm-hmm. That dude still work, woke up at 5, five in the morning. Well, he woke up at probably 4 in the morning and went to his gym at 5 when it opened, trained at this, his gym, and then came straight to the Hills gym. Mm-hmm. So and that was every day. That just goes to show you the dedication that this guy had. Yeah. You know, he was getting paid to train, and he was still going and training early on his off time. So, yeah. uh, but but James was so athletic, and James was so insistent on doing everything on his own yeah. that what, what were you going to tell him? No, I mean he was doing. And surprisingly, time. man, I was I was. He's not a bad actor. No, he's a good actor. He's a great actor. Yeah. He did a, Yeah, he did. Nobody knew what to expect, right? And then right. you watch episode two and three, and he goes into these long uh, pages of dialogue, and you're yeah. going, holy, damn, this guy is pretty good. Yeah. But, like, and, and the guy he went into it with, uh, like, his first scene's Rooster, 
Alan Maulano, mm-hmm. that guy, he's my pick because, man, he's never watched wrestling, right? He wasn't a big fan of wrestling. He, he didn't uh-huh. hate wrestling. He's seen it, you know, and he's watched right. it, but he, was, he didn't grow up watching wrestling. Right. He wanted to do as much as he could, and he was super athletic. And this is an actor, right? But he right. do kill himself in the gym every day, kill right. himself in the ring, would ask, hey, can we go over some stuff? Hey, I want to learn some stuff. Hey, I mean, all of them. But like I said, like Xander and Steven didn't have a lot of free time. So right. it was hard to squeeze those guys in. And they did an amazing job with the little bit they had. Uh, yeah. You know, and Xander wanted to do more. He just didn't have time. Xander always wanted to learn. You know, yeah. Xander's like, when can we get in the ring? When can we get in the ring? I'm trying to make time. But it was like production was just pulling them out, right? But, right. man, all of them. Trey Tucker, uh, who plays Bobby Pin. Duke Roberts, who plays Big Jim, was a lifelong wrestling fan. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. And he got to do the least a bit of wrestling on the show. So really? all his free time. Yeah, because, like, uh, I don't want to give any, any storylines away if you haven't watched it. Yeah, but please don't. I, I'll be so pissed. <laughs> yeah. So you'll see that, that you know, like, 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 you'll see Duke's character, Big Jim, doesn't wrestle a lot. But he's yeah. the biggest wrestling right. fan. So huh. all his free, he had a lot of free time. All his yeah. free time is... He's actually close with my son Perry, PJ. So uh-huh. they would they would just get together and train and wrestle all day long. So uh-huh. like he would pick up things. He, he's like, man, I want to wrestle four matches. I want to do a match outside of this. I want to do you know he wanted to do things. They all did, but like Duke had the free time, so Duke would like really put the time in training. Huh. It's crazy, man. And, and everybody had a different approach and a different angle, but all did well. Awesome. Who is the Wild Bill character based on, and why is it Wolfie D? I'm just kidding. Uh, it's got <laughs> to be P.S. Hayes, uh, right? That's got to be Michael P.S. Hayes and Jake maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, it really wasn't based on anybody. You'll see little, you know, everybody gets these little uh, bits in there. Again, I don't want to give any storylines away from the show if you haven't watched it yet. So you'll see clips where you think, oh, well, I heard a story like that that happened in pro wrestling. He, you know, whoever's involved, like there's 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 an angle on there with Wild Bill um, on an airplane. That's the only thing I'm gonna say. It's on the airplane. And then everybody, like, yeah. yeah. So so, yeah. so everybody's like, oh, I heard that that must be based off the plane ride from hell that actually <laughs> happens on Dark Side of the Ring. I think tonight, right? It comes out on Dark Side of the Ring. I think tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know if it was based off of that or if it was just something they wrote. You know, Michael Waldron, yeah. who's one of Hollywood's hottest writers right now, writes Loki and Doctor Strange and a million other things, is the one who wrote this project. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Michael Malley, uh, you know. Yeah, Rick yeah. Morty, he does a lot of stuff. Michael Malley, the showrunner, writes as well on this and, and is in on the writing. But uh, Michael Malley wasn't a wrestling fan. He, he didn't grow up watching wrestling, where Michael Waldron loved wrestling. So I don't know if he just heard like a story and then decided to, you know, write a little bit off of that story or what. But uh, I don't think the character was really based off of anybody. But I do know that Chris Fowler, who plays Wild Bill, had some characters that he really went off of. Like, I know Terry Funk was a big influence for him doing the character, right? Uh, okay. Um, he he okay. always, when we would talk, he, he really, he really dug Terry Funk. So, okay. you know, there's a mixture of several guys that he put into it. That he would watch and he would study. And so on the Wild Bill character, uh, Damian Wayne uh, is the stunt double for him, right? Yeah. Okay, so Damian's going around telling everybody that the that the plane scene, that's actually his penis. Is that true or false? <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm because I've never seen Damian's penis. He didn't penis. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm giving him a hard time. If he listens to this, I hope he does. So, you know, like you said, um, basically the director, Peter Seagal, Naked Gun, Tommy Boyd, Nutty Professor, 51st Dates, Longest Yard, Michael Waldron, like you said, Loki, Doctor Strange, Rick and Morty. You know, you've got Green Arrow. You've got Xander, who was Bjorn Lothbrook on Vikings. But one of the coolest characters, I think, on there is Crystal. I feel like big things are coming for her. She did a Frankensteiner in the parking lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal. And, and look, I had a fight to put that, that in there, that Frankensteiner. So, uh, you know, I had, yeah. I had a really, I really had a fight to get that in there because they wanted something that wasn't hokey, but was still wrestling-ish, you know, right. to, to, to take that guy out. So yeah. I was like, we can do this unexpectedly. She can come out of nowhere and throw this and it would look real, you know, like that. Yeah. It was just something that 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 that, that added. Uh, it wasn't just simple, you know, punch, kick, or like a grab and just DDTing somebody. It was something flashy. Yeah. So, um, and th- right. they thought at first that it wouldn't work. You know, they're like, "Eh, that's a little too hokeyish." I said, "This is this is early on. Like, like that was one. That was the first uh, first like physical thing we shot before we did any wrestling or anything." So what I did was I was like, man, you know what? I'm just going to shoot this, and then I'm going to go show it to them, yeah. and then I'll let them make the decision from there. Because at first they didn't like the idea. And then once we shot it and we showed them, they were like, yeah, that's that's badass. Let's do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you got to think, though. These guys don't vision think. Pete Seagull is a genius, right? A genius in filmmaking. But they're not wrestlers. Yeah. So they right. don't envision things the way we envision things or, or, or you know, their their visions are a little different. So mm-hmm. sometimes we got to break it down and really show them what, what, what we're talking about and then right. to, to catch their eye and go, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand why that would be effective. So, right. um, and it was, it was things like that. I mean, look, I worked with Pete and, you know, these guys, I haven't worked with anybody from this crew before other than like my, my guys that worked on Wildcat and my kid and all that. Um, uh, but this is my first time working with everybody from top to bottom on the crew, the actors, the uh, you know, producers. So they came in, you know, only knowing of me, but not knowing me. And yeah. once they seen the work that I did, you know, they had already had got wind. They were like, hey, this guy is this guy's the guy for the project. This guy's super talented. It was cool to hear the things that, you know, the reasons why they wanted me there. And, and yeah. see the people who, like, reached out and said, hey, you know, this is Luke's project. Luke will knock this out the park. That's good. So, yeah, it, it was cool because, you know, again, they didn't know me, but we learned, we earned each other's trust. And, and, and I didn't have to earn so much of, of, you know, they didn't have to earn so much of my trust because they're the boss, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm yeah. lucky to have the opportunity. Yeah. But, well, but I mean, you had a good resume, man. I mean, I didn't know this, uh, you know, in leading up to talking to you today, both Jimmy and I, you know, did a little research. Um, man, you got some 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 films under your belt. I mean, Logan, the Fast and the Furious series. I mean, I think I, I saw like 46 credits uh, with your name as far as films of stunt work and maybe cameos and things like that. I see yeah. a picture of you getting stabbed through the face by Wolverine on Logan and things. So you had a good resume. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like I see, I don't, I, I screwed up on this because I, I did a terrible job and I did a terrible job with wrestling on this as well. Like my son keeps track of every match he does. Like he writes every match down where it was at, 
you know, yeah. how long it was, when you lost, all that stuff. My son keeps track of everything from his, from day one of his career. I, yeah. I, yeah, and I never did any of that. I never did any of that. So, uh, and I didn't do it with films. But uh, as far as IMDb goes, like, a lot of that stuff is entered by the production, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so you, can, you can enter it, too, but a lot is entered by production. So I was kind of late on that train, so I'm missing a ton of credits. And I've done so much that, I, like you, Wolfie, you can't tell me all the guys you wrestled. You probably no. can't tell me, you know, the last <laughs> 20 guys you wrestled, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's how it is. I've been yeah. fortunate enough to have a good career in films, whether it be acting in stunts or, or, or one or the other, that I've got over 100 credits. Yeah. And um, it's been, and, you know, and yeah. some are a lot, yeah, it's good. So some are a lot bigger than others, man. But I, yeah. I worked really hard at it, and I'm still working hard at it. So, yeah, you talk about forgetting things. I've told this story, I believe, on here before, but it's probably new to you. Uh, when when Dusty Rhodes died, uh, this this uh, Mark on Facebook sent me a message. Uh, actually, I think he was the promoter of the show, uh, but at the time I, I didn't put the two together, or whatever. But anyway, this guy, still a Mark. Yeah. <laughs> he, says, he, says, he says, Wolfie, he said, man, it's too bad about Dusty, man. Uh, I remember that time you and him had a match in Kentucky and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I text back, I said, I ain't never wrestled no fucking Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I mean, I knew I had been around Dusty, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I said, I ain't never wrestled him. And, and he said, yeah, you did. I got pictures. And I'll be damned if he didn't send me pictures of it. And I was like, well, <laughs> how did I forget that? <laughs> yeah, hey, that's how it is, bro. That's how yeah. it is. Because it turns into a job. It's not that you're not passionate about it, but it's a job and you're doing so much, you can't keep up. Yeah. I feel, it, it, I every day you know, starts running together. You probably don't remember when I late dropped you off the uh, top of the entrance. So I, te- I texted you that the other day when we were talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I late yeah. dropped you off and the I top don't. of the entrance to a table. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. And I don't. It's it's crazy because, I mean, that ought to tell you, if I don't remember Dusty Rhodes, I'm sure it's absolutely zero insult to you that I don't remember you. No, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, and I, I'm not, no, I'm not insulted at all. I, I know you're right. I'm just, you know, all, I honored that I got to do it. And I remember doing it because it was a big deal because, you know, the, the entranceway was at least 10 foot high. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I was nervous about doing a lay drop off it. Uh-huh. So, and, and you were, you were nice enough to lay there on the table and let me do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> the hell of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Going back to that, that crystal chick. So I think I saw she was on probably movies that I've never seen, but like some gymnastic stuff. So I guess she was pretty athletic to begin with. Uh, well, so her athleticism really came in. I, I think she's a dancer. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Super talented. Um, but she really kicked it in high gear because, you know, like a really good actress, uh, but, but wasn't hard into physically training when she first came in because, you know, gotcha. she's never been pushed in that field before. So, when she first came in, she was just doing mostly like full body workouts and, you know, the, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it, what, what it would be, you know, it, it just, she wasn't powerlifting, she wasn't lifting heavy, she wasn't, you know, doing these kick-ass workouts that are going to get you right. jacked and, and make you stronger. She was just doing, you know, kind of in-shape stuff, and, you know. Yeah. I, I want to say more geared towards, you know, females because, yeah, but, the, yeah. but, the, but I also don't want to disrespect females because I know a lot of females who train extremely hard. Right. right, uh, right. But she, you know, she wasn't bodybuilding or powerlifting. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, and things had to change when she came in was also because she had to be really physical and learn how to do really physical things and do, do wrestling moves and all that stuff. Mm. So at first she didn't have uh, a lot of confidence because she didn't know anything about it. And she never done that before. So she was worried about, you know, not only just hurting herself, but hurting somebody else because she never wrestled and she didn't watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we had to build her up and say, look, I really believe that you can do this because you're talented and you just got to give it a chance. You know, it's intimidating, right? Don't, don't tell yeah. me that wrestling's not intimidating. Oh, yeah. When you, when, when you got to get on the top rope or when you got to jump on somebody's shoulders and give them a runner or something like that, you can't tell me that you're not nervous about it because what you're doing is whoopie, you know, and this is something I teach at Wildcat is when you start training for wrestling, you got to teach your body to not do everything instinctively that it would normally do. Absolutely. Like put your arms down, you know, tuck your chin, things of that nature. Like when you're going backwards, what's the first thing you want to do is put your arm down to stop your fall. And that's how you break the freaking arm. So I always see, uh, like, especially wide receivers that go up for the big catch and, and you see them get their legs knocked out and they, they do that. They put their arms back. And I've always thought, man, they need wrestlers to teach them how to take these balls. Dude, the I, I want, it's funny you say that. I seen it the other day. I seen it the other day. I'm like, God, he's lucky he didn't break his freaking arm. Yeah. I don't remember what game I was watching, but he yeah. caught a pass in the end zone. It might have yeah. been the same thing. 
But yeah. he came down and he put his, I think his right arm or left arm down behind him as he came down. I was like, Jesus Christ. And like, I thought for sure it was going to snap. Yeah. Yeah. So CM Punk comes on the show. Uh, and I watched that episode and I swear to God, I had no idea it was him until, uh, that week I saw it on, you know, social media and things that he was on there. I was like, Oh shit, that was him. Um, so, so you didn't recognize him. No, I did not. I did not. Holy uh, shit. No, I didn't, man. I don't know. I don't know. And, and plus I ain't been around him since TNA when he was right. breaking into business. So I don't know if it was that, or he just looked different there. But the the one thing and I don't that I didn't understand, okay? When he mm-hmm. said on social media that he based that character on Smothers, somebody that I know very well, knew very well, I didn't see that other than maybe a couple of lines that uh, you know yeah, resembled it wasn't, Tracy would say, but the character did not resemble and I didn't get that. Maybe well, you can the character Okay, yeah. The character wasn't supposed to resemble Smothers. Right. It was his personal like tribute to Smothers. I like, got you. If you watch the match, some of the moves he did was, you know, Tracy Smothers. Some of the lines mm-hmm. uh, he, he said were, were based around Tracy Smothers. So the mm-hmm. character was something different. You know, you can't even remote, remotely compare the two because, you know, Smothers and Ricky Rabies are completely two different uh, ends of the spectrum as far as, like, characters go. Yeah. Um, but but if you, he, what he meant by that was the move. It was like he loved Tracy. Tracy was good to a lot of us. And, mm-hmm. we, you know, you know as well as I do that Tracy really never got the do that he deserved for as hard right. as he worked and as much as he loved the business and for as right. many guys as he helped. So uh, Punk loves Tracy, and I, I love Tracy, and he wanted to just, you know, put in little Easter eggs to say, yeah. hey, yeah, that's something from Tracy Smothers. I got you. I got you. Yeah, you know, clickbait take things too far. I thought it was kind of resembling of Ricky Morton because he brought his son to work part of the. Yeah, you know, that's another uh, thing that I was like, that's not Tracy. <laughs> yeah, but you know that makes sense because you know Ricky Morton. I remember worked on a show and Ricky Morton had his son walking around the ring. You know, so I was like, maybe that's Ricky Morton. But anyway, I definitely love the idea that he was representing Tracy in some way. That's that's super cool. So to get off that subject, the first thing that I saw is I actually thought I was going to see Wolfie there when they first started showing the rival promotion. They they were using the TNA clips, but I think it was just a bit after Wolfie or Slash had left. But I was about to pop there when I when I thought I was going to see you on there. <laughs> so basically, they used TNA because of right, correct? It, they're probably the cheapest, best-looking, affordable option, would you say? So we weren't originally supposed to use the TNA clips. Um, okay. The reason okay. we did, again, is like, yeah, it's definitely cheaper to license TNA. Uh, but right. the reason we licensed it is because uh, because due to COVID and the schedule changes and like say a guy would pop with COVID or something, he'd be out two weeks and then you'd have to, you know, they'd have to trace whoever had been around him and all that stuff. And they'd have to sit out for a certain amount of time. Uh, it was really right. difficult. So it was too much money, like uh, the, with the schedule changes and stuff, like we had lost the building at some point because uh, we had had it rented out at that time, but the building wasn't available for another time. And, you got to think, like, to set up a couple, you know, days of production, even a day of production, to, to build a set and to design a set and to do all that stuff, you know, everything that goes along with it costs millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? Especially on a working right. day. Because you got to think of how many guys they got working that day. They got the actors, they got the producers, you know, set deck, construction, everything, wardrobe. So at that point, it was like, hey, 
Um, we can't build the set we need right now for the uh, Florida Dystopia Wrestling. So right. we got to license some footage. And then, we'll, you know, like we, we did eventually build the set for Florida. And that, that stuff will come in later on in the series. And that's where yeah. actually my character comes from. But, okay. uh, and, and that's why we licensed this TNA. It, it, it had, unfortunately, it was just a, a, a time and, and money constraint due to, uh, you know, with COVID and everything. But like, like next season, uh, you know, I, I don't think we, we would use any. I'm not saying we won't. I'm just saying I, I probably, I don't think we probably will. Oh, you just said it and I was going to ask it. Uh, I was going to wait until the very end. Is, oh, is next season. season two? Well, it's not confirmed. It's not okay. confirmed. But, okay. but like, we're just saying, uh, we're hoping for an answer soon, but things are looking really positive because, you know, it's a really, really well done show and the critic yeah. reviews are super duper high. Yeah, I saw that. So, it's, how does that, are the ratings good? Because like I looked that up and, and honestly, as far as national ratings, I don't have a clue. Uh, it yeah. is, and because and it's different now than like when we used to say, hey, in Memphis, we got, you know, it got a 12 or it got a what? Yeah. You got to factor in streaming and all that shit now. So what well, that's the thing. They're not factoring in streaming. They're oh, going oh. ratings that you're seeing online and stuff. And people don't know this, but the ratings that you're seeing online are from the Nielsen ratings box. How many people watch TV right. live? And have yeah. the answer. Most people use apps and stuff, and I'm sure there's a way to like for them to control the numbers on the on the streaming. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is because being yeah. in the business, I'll tell you, we get screwed on residuals. Like with Netflix, here's the deal: with, like like say say you watch a show on Netflix, say Wolfie. Let's just say me and you have two TV shows on Netflix, right? I have mine, you have yours. Yeah. Yours gets five hundred million views. Mm-hmm. Well. Mine only gets a million views. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Netflix don't have to report those numbers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to pay everybody pretty much the same. They spread it out across the board, which is kind of bullshit. Yeah. So and you know this, man. Uh, when the WWE Network came out, see, I used to get royalties off only DVDs. That was the only thing that I got for my nation time was just being on pay-per-views and stuff like that, how many ever units were sold of DVD. Once the network came out, my check went way down because they don't pay for that shit. <laughs> right. Mm. And it's, it is bullshit. And then, uh, and here's the thing is like, it's, it sucks because let's be honest, not everybody has stars, right? Most people yeah, don't. Yeah, the majority of people yeah. don't have stars. We're hoping that people order stars to get this. And stars is a big network. Stars is a big network, right. but compared, compared to Netflix or Disney, it's not right. Yeah. Right. Stars right. doesn't have, right. you know, a quarter of the subscribers that Netflix has. Right. So, and most people are like, oh, I'll wait till it comes out on Netflix to watch it. And you're going, well, here's the thing. It's never going to come out on Netflix because right, stars right. Lionsgate on it. And it's, it's specifically right. for this channel. Right. So well, I know hoping, I ordered it specifically to watch that show. I know Jimmy ordered it <laughs> specifically to watch that show. So hopefully yeah, other like, people did. And I think a lot of wrestling fans will order it. To If you could just get half the wrestling fans out there to order it. You know, I don't know. Right. I don't know what the hey, you are. mentioned this earlier. You, there was a deal. I, I sent you the deal. You sent it to Jimmy. I, I know we talked about it as well. It's like right now there's like a, a three-month deal on stores for yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah. You know, you can order, you can get stars for three months for 10 bucks. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want to cancel after, cancel. But at least, you know, put up the 10 bucks to uh, watch the show and, and binge watch every episode and watch anything else. Look, we're going into episode six this week. Yep. Then uh, I think we have a, a, a break for a week and then we come back with seven and eight. Oh, so, so they're going to take a break on it? 
just one week. They're taking one okay. week break. Um, and then, yeah, and I, I don't know why they do that. I'm not a network executive or anything, but yeah. I know they do have like a one week break somewhere in there. Gotcha. And, but, but again, yeah, if you have the stars app, you know, like, or if you get the special, you know, 10 bucks for three months, that's nothing. And the thing is also, when I got to the stars app, Wolfie told me about the three for 10 and I, I saw that there was a six for 20. So I went ahead and got the six for 20. Cause you know what? I don't have stars a lot. And stars, you guys can be a sponsor at any time you want for the live and color with Wolfie D podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it was a good deal, so I went ahead and took it. And now I'm gonna watch a little stars action. You know, I think American Gods and other shows might be kind of cool. So, but there's yeah. some good shows on because I'm saw a lot of good movies. Yeah, Hills brought me to the stars. So, you know, the one thing you were talking about real quick with Netflix and residuals and things like that. It brought up my thoughts on this. Is there a way that they can do that? I mean, is there a way that they, because they obviously know the movies that people are watching. There's got to well, be a way. they signed a deal. So, okay. Yeah, there's definitely okay. a way to do it. There's definitely a way to do it. It's just not going to get done because it's all political. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. Somebody, somebody's, somebody's working out what's best for the number, to, you know, the networks and, and, and the ask to save money and cut this in. And unfortunately, it's the guys like us that get screwed. Um, right. It, it sucks right. because, you know, you've got these producers and these executives who, and, you know, the, these departments, uh, these people that make these tons and tons and tons of money and get these big-ass bonuses, why the guys who actually put in all the work are the ones who, you know, get screwed over because our residuals yeah. are dropping, you know, by the day, especially with streaming networking. I really get pissed off at people stealing pirate and, you know, oh, man. films and television shows and music. Right. And, and look, I, I get it. I get it, right? Everybody wants something for free, but it sucks because, <clears throat> look, you're not going to have a plumber come over to your house. You got to call a plumber and say, hey, man, you know, right. can, you work right. on my, can you work on my tub for free? You know, can you yeah. do my electrical for free? And this is somebody right. you're related to. And half the time, they still, you still pay them. You just want, might not pay the whole rate, you know? So like yeah. us, it's yeah. like, this is how I make my living. Legit, how right. I make my living. So, right. and I spent many years, many, many years, you know, 13 to be exact, of struggling and working two or three jobs alongside of wrestling and supporting my wrestling habit, you know, and working exactly. these jobs to support my habit and yeah. to pay my bills. Right. So, like, I, I didn't start making a full-time living in wrestling and films until, two, until 2011. And I started in, uh, I started, you know, I, I my first match was 99, but I actually started a little bit before that. So, it, it took... I mean, many, many, many years. And I had my ups and downs, and I had my good spots, and I was in XPW, and, you know, you got some notoriety from that. Wolfie knows right. how it is. Like, yeah. it, it, it sucks because I spent a long time in to build my career, and the business has changed so much because you got to be smart with your money. Like, when I make money, I don't go blow it. I don't buy fancy toys. You know, everything's – I'm trying to take care of my – I come from nothing, bro. Uh, literally, yeah, right. I come from nothing. I'm a first-generation right. everything. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the first person in my family to graduate high school. Gotcha. So, 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 yeah, yeah, and I'm 40 years old, and I just bought a house, right? I, I owned my first house at 40 years old. I didn't right. pay for it outright, but, you know, um, yeah, right. you know no, nobody in my family owns a house. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's different, you know, and I'm doing my best to, to ensure that my future will be okay and that I can one day retire and, you know, I made a joke earlier. Somebody tagged me in a post on Instagram of an XPW of me in 2002 getting thrown off a scaffold, like a 20-foot scaffold to a table. 
<laughs> and uh, somebody commented and they said, what did you think while you were doing this? And I made a joke and I put in quotation marks, fuck, I don't have health insurance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, then, right. And, and, then, and then somebody commented on it and said, hey, but it turned you into the movie star that you are today. And I commented right. back and I said, yes, and now I have health insurance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we hadn't talked about this part yet, and I'm, I don't think your character in the show has come on yet, right? No, episode okay. seven. And you told me his name is Asshole, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just <laughs> Asshole is my everyday character. Yeah. Where does this name come from? Why is he called The Hole? Well, his real name is Davenport, um, but, but his character, the wrestler's name is The Hole. And they, they allude okay. to him, in, I think, in episode three. When this, okay. when uh, Mary McCormick, who plays Willie, is sitting at the table with uh, uh-huh. with uh, Michael Malley, who plays Gully, uh-huh, and right. she says something about the hole, and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, the hole. That's, he, he's my guy. He gets heat. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, okay. She's disrespecting yeah. me and okay. saying that they're like, you know, yeah. So, so like they they keep alluding to me a couple times in the series, and then finally, you know, my character comes out towards the end, which is really cool. It's a cool opportunity to play it. And uh, I got a good bit of dialogue and we did some amazing things. I can't wait. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the show in general and yeah. to see all the work that we put in. But, you know, of course, you're going to be excited for yourself. And, then, you know, my son plays the referee. So you yeah. see all the dialogue oh, and uh, stuff. My son cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's my tag team partner. We do the father-son tag team thing. But what's cool about that is when they, you know, they casted him to be the referee. Uh, and wow. the reason, okay. Like he had all this himself. He was the assistant wrestling coordinator, and he, he's in a lot of films, and he does a lot of work. But the cool thing about it was all his dialogue on the show, they let him – so like when he when he had an audition, like he did his scripted lines for the audition, but mm-hmm. then they made him go ad-lib with, uh, with the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And they had to go back and forth. And he uh-huh. did such a good job. They said, okay, well, we don't need a right trick. You know, they, they want him in the ring because of the, the actors were wrestling. And, and Wolf, you know this – is the, the referee can leave because he's the one with the yeah. experience. So we can right. shoot things and Perry can talk to him and tell him what to do and where to go. And, yeah. you know, so, so that's why they wanted Perry to play the referee, but he did have to do a good job in audition. And then he did such a good job with it. Like there was only a couple lines that were scripted. Everything else that were like, Hey, just say and do what you would naturally do. Perry, do you do, yeah. okay. do that role out, play that role. So it was cool to see, especially on screen, to see him uh, just be comfortable in the role and naturally, you know, just, just knock it out the park going off of his experience. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'll tell that you, is. man, uh, this has been a great, a great episode. And I'm super envious of you in this situation, man. I, I've done a couple of – I've been on uh, Joe Kenta uh, – what is that show on Discovery? The Homicide Hunter. I played a bouncer, had some speaking lines. I did another show like that where I was a bouncer-type guy again. Uh, done a couple of uh, TV commercials with one of the Tennessee Titans uh, back in the day, things like that. And, and I've always wanted to get into stunt work. I really had pursued that at one point, but – there was nothing close to where I lived as far as a school or anything like that. So I'm super envious of you in that you are, are being able to do this wrestling show. And, man, I, you he said your payment at the beginning, but I'm telling you, your payment is get me a cameo on this damn show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, and no. The truth is, I'll tell you like I tell everybody else, this is the truth. It's, it's, so my job is like, I got my job, right? I'm saddled yeah, in my yeah. job and I'm doing my thing and I'm, I'm blessed to have it. 
Right. But my job now is to provide as many opportunities to guys like yourself that I can. So when yeah. something comes in, like if it fits your everything's description based mostly. Except right. like Battle Royals. You know, but 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 mostly like the characters will be description based. The reason all these wrestlers were on the show is I hired all these wrestlers. Yeah, and I most of Buku them, on there. I worked him uh when I worked for Matt Riviera's group. Uh, okay. Wow That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, but some of these guys, like, I had a lot of wrestlers audition for roles because I would read, I'd say, uh, you know, and sometimes guys wouldn't be available, so it couldn't work, but there was times where, like, they wanted to cast these wrestlers in acting roles, and they already had wrestling gigs, so they couldn't pull out of them to mm-hmm. uh, film, or, or they were doing, or they, or they couldn't get off their regular job for three weeks or, or four weeks to film, and, uh, you know, because then they were like, hey, I wouldn't have a regular job to come back to if I did that, and this is, it, it sucks, but it's also cool because, like I said, there were guys that we got to provide opportunity from for, mm-hmm. and there was guys who would have got opportunities but just couldn't make it work. So yeah. like when, when when we do come back, you know, once I get these scripts and I break down things, if something yeah. fits your you know your description, I'm yeah. going to call you and say, hey, I need you to audition. For, or do you want to audition for this? And this yeah. is what I need you to do. You know, awesome. and, and 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 I'm not I'm not biased to who's my friend or not. Like I right. know who's the best fit for the job. And who do I think fits this? Right, so, um, right. you know, and, and I go down my road next to people I know. And then yeah. that's how we hit. So you never know, man. You never know. You might be in yeah. there. Uh, Jimmy has this segment, uh, Current Affairs, where he's going to ask you some questions. He also does this segment where he throws names at me, and i got to answer this. And I'm going to give you just one name, and you give me your best description of this. PG-13. PG-13, that's where I was going to go. I was actually about to stop you and say, before we go into this next segment, <laughs> can I just say one thing? Like, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm heartbroken that, that, that we will probably never get the opportunity to wrestle PG-13, me and my son, because yeah. I, I think what we're doing is phenomenal, and I think it's really groundbreaking. And you see, we were, like, the first people to do this. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, it's never been done before. You know as well, like, Dustin and Dusty teamed up yeah. a couple times. But, like, we were the first ones to run as a full-time tag team. And yeah. then as soon as we did it, people started taking our ideas. You know, WWE did it with Ray and Dominic. And, you know, and they do a good job. But it's like, we, but we were doing it first, and we don't get a lot of credit we deserve. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's wrestling, right? That's what always happens. But I was really hoping that someday Perry and I, Hawks Harry, could wrestle PG-13 because of how much I look up to you guys. And yeah. I think you Thank guys you. were groundbreaking. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't think you guys get the credit that you guys deserve because it was just a different era. You know, you guys were the, like you said, you were the young, punk, smart mouth kids, you know, yeah. and you guys were often a lot smaller than everybody else. Right. But look at how much you guys got to do. Yeah. And I remember the heat you guys used to draw. And for me, you know, you'll never see that again. We will never, ever see that again, no. especially in the time no. that we live in it. Yeah. So, and you know why that is when I tell everybody that the, the heat for the heel is gone? It's because, you know, back in the day, man, you could make people mad for real. It's like now, I, Luke, I can't make you mad if you know I'm trying to make you mad. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Well, no, and that, if, if you do, if you do, they're going to complain about it. And they're going to oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you uh, when you get the real heat, I got uh, us kicked out of I, – I was halfway booking that uh, – uh, Arcadian wrestling that Chase was a part of and the grumpy bell bonds lady and all that stuff. I was pretty much the booker on a lot of that stuff. 
and they went with my ideas. And I completely got us kicked out of uh, Springfield, Tennessee, because I had Derek King come out with Tracy, some others, uh, with a rebel flag, rebel flag. on, and and hang. They had him hang me. So a black guy with a rebel flag is hanging uh, somebody, and these fucking the principal went. He lost his mind. He kicked us out. Wrote a big letter. I'm like, it's a fucking word. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a show. It's just, but here's the best thing. Bro, they're, you know, we can go on for days about this. But yeah. they're attacking comedians. They're, <laughs> they're, they're trying to get comedians canceled. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Right. And it's going. So, so it, 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 the, the business goes back to what we said earlier. It's shifted so much from, and they couldn't do it. If Norm McDonald just died two days ago. Yeah. Norm yeah. McDonald was the la- one of the last of, like, the great pioneers, right? Like, yeah. the, like his his character, his delivery, the way he carried himself, the things he said, like they just, like if you go watch comedians and call it, and I'm getting on a whole different subject, but I'm very passionate no, about I'm, this. No, I'm with you though. I'm with you. And even in, here's the thing that trips me out. A movie, okay? A heel in a movie can pretty much do and say any fucking thing and nobody bats an eye. But because, even though we tell them wrestling is is scripted, there's still a little bit of believability to it. I don't care what anybody says. And that's why they, exactly, but that's why they're for, uh, they're shoot mad when you do shit like that. When you push the right button, it's just people are too scared to push those buttons. And when you do, the uh, the the culture now is to cry and complain about shit and get it canceled. We know that. So yes. there's no way to get that type of heat anymore where you're actually pushing those buttons. Because even in the fucking 70s and shit like that, before Vince came out or whatever, people still had a inkling that wrestling was fixed. But there's – and when I talk to people, I've said this before, you tell somebody you're a wrestler, oh, yeah, I know what y'all do is, is fake. They love that word. I know what y'all do is fake. But there was this one time I went with my grandpa to see so-and-so and so-and-so, and that – man, he was for real mad that night. I swear to God, he's talking to me like, I don't fucking know, you know? Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's real, and that's what ECW did for me. You yeah. know, like I, like, I always had an inclination as a kid because it was told to me a million times that WWF was fake. I didn't want to believe it, but as you get older, you start to see things, and you see, yeah. you know, um, and it's not fake, it's just fixed, it's entertainment. But, yeah. you know, you see, like, the Hulk Hogan put the boot up, and a guy runs into it, you know, like, and you're going, hey, well, that was kind of hokey. But then yeah. you turn on ECW, and you go, oh, that's real. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, the, right. the things they were saying, the things you guys said, and the things the Dudley, the Dudley boy said. And then you go back to Memphis, and you watch, like, Jerry Lawler, bro. Go yeah. back and watch that Jerry Lawler shit, and you're like, holy shit. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. that's the stuff I thrive off of. I was yeah. watching the Kaufman shit uh, a couple weeks ago just because, like, I go back and I go, man, look how special this stuff was. It's yeah. unfortunate that we can't get those special times again. You know? Yeah. And, and, and there's so many guys... And I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to ask you on air. Yeah. If you have any old videos or there's stuff online of y'all doing things or like any ECW stuff or Memphis stuff, please send it to me, bro. You can, if you got anything online, please drop box it to me. Do whatever you got to do because yeah. I like to study that stuff. And yeah, I like to a lot of it's too. on YouTube. I actually had a person, I'm not going to mention his fucking name, but uh, that stole yeah. all <laughs> of my... All my career basically was in two totes on uh, VHS tapes. 
And I had a person steal those from me because I lent them to him to do a project and he stole them from me. But I had stuff that nobody had. Uh, But at any rate, there's a lot of it on YouTube. Um, So you can you can either search PG-13 or Wolfie D or Disciples of the New Church or, you know, whatever yeah. it is, part of my shit you want to see. But, man, again, thank you for coming on here. Luke, again, we thank you so much. We know you're part of the past. You've had a great history starting in 99. You've had a great history both in wrestling and in movies and TV shows. But you're also part of the current here. So as we head into this next segment, DJ, hit the music. It's a current All right, we're back. Again, one more time, Luke. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. So this part of the show, we like to peek a little bit into the current, try to see what your thoughts are on certain things. So I am a little jealous because I think someone has seen the final two episodes of Heels and and hasn't (laughs) shared it with the rest of us. And that is carrying cross because it looks like he borrowed from what I've seen of the Holes outfit. He has borrowed your wardrobe. <laughs> is, is there? Is, I, I, you <laughs> know, it, it's different. It's different. It's different. And yeah. see, like, uh, so Laura Bauer designed that outfit, but like I had some yeah. input and some ideas, and it was actually yeah. my idea to do uh, the, the the you know the they they wanted the hole to be like a leather type you know fishnet type guy. Uh, okay. And, and, okay. And, and they had these different outfits. They tried they had me try on three or four different ones. But I, I had okay. the idea. Like I wanted demolition was one of my favorite tag teams growing up. I was gonna oh, say yeah. that. So yeah. yeah. So so before eliminators, before the eliminators, demolition was my favorite tag team as a kid. Like I didn't like Road Warriors or anything else like that. Like like for some reason okay. I was just a demolition guy, right? So okay. I wanted to do it like a little tribute. So I asked for the thing that goes across the chest. I don't know what they called or that thing, and that was specifically made for me, but I showed them the ideas and then like we kind of tied everything in together. Uh and then the yeah. Carrie Cross character, who, by the way, super freaking talented. Uh dude's right. a monster, right? The dude is Absolutely. a monster. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. They but they just changed him all up. I don't know I I'm I'm at a loss for words because nobody knows why I do it. They go, okay, you're on NXT one night and you're doing this and you're murdering guys and you got this look and you know, you got this ballet and you, everything's cool. And you got this cool entrance. And then you go to television and they go, we completely change your character the next day. We take away the hot girl and we also take away your music. So right. like nobody, everybody always goes, what the fuck? Right. Everybody. Right. Right. Uh, now some guys take that and run with it. How many guys thought that Kane was going to be dead after they took his mask off? Look how many, right. look how many characters and you know things came with it. So <sighs> I love I love Kevin. His real name's Kevin. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great talent. He's an extremely hard worker. Uh, very, very, very unmastered, actually, in the work department because he was always putting out promos and doing things on his own. Very good on social yeah. media, always training hard. You didn't have to tell that guy to do what he needs to do, right? Most guys right. need to be told what to do. He, he didn't right. have to be told because he was just a hard worker. I'm hoping that he takes his character and he turns it around and he just, you know, sticks it up their ass and hits a home run. Because the guy's talented, and and who doesn't want to pull for a hard worker, right? Me too. Right. You don't. Exactly. I, I'm, exactly. I, I, you know, it, it, there's no politics involved. If you're a hard worker and you're a good person, I want to see you win. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, 
nothing against Terry. And I know you you've recorded those scenes months ago now. So <laughs> oh yeah, and, like, and, and then they had one picture come out. Like the Emmy, you know, the Emmys did a nice article on me a few weeks ago when the magazine came out, and uh, and I think I, I'm pretty. We filmed that before uh, before Carrion's entrance and all that. So, you know, that picture was up. I, I'm not saying they weren't influenced by it. I, I don't know. I can't say he stole anything. Sure. I, I guarantee you this, though. It's not, it's not him. We right, all know it, it's not up to him for what he does. You know, he's going to pitch his ideas, but there's a writing team. There, there, there's producers there who come up with those characters and those looks and, you know, and, and whatever they're going to do. So, um, I, I look, and if he is doing it off of me, that's even cooler because then you know you influence somebody, right? Which we all want to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay, well, the, thank you for clearing that up with me there, Luke. The second one is super simple, man. What are you currently working on? You got anything you can tell us that's coming out soon or anything fun that yeah, you want to yeah, I'm, I got. Yeah, I'm currently working on getting my ass kicked by this hurricane that just hit here and wiped out uh, oh, man. South Louisiana. So, uh, yeah, everything's kind of on pause right now. I was coordinating and playing a role in this Disney show called Ultraviolet uh, and Black Scorpion. So I did a few weeks on that, and now that's kind of on hold. Everything's kind of on hold right now because everything I was filming down here um, is paused. But I I, I got some things going on. I just filmed a couple of different television shows. I filmed that. I filmed uh, a show called We Have a Ghost on Netflix. I had more stuff on that, but, but again, that's all on pause, so I don't know what the what, what the hell's going on with that as well. Um, what else did I do? I got a movie dropping um, probably on Netflix with Dolph Lundgren soon. He directed it. It's, it's um, shit. I can't. It's like Wolfie. Like I said, I can't even think of the name because it's so much, right? I, right. But I, yeah, right. I got that dropping soon. Um, Dolph Where Lundgren. Where can they find you on uh, social media? What's all your social media handles and stuff? Well, my, my wrestling stuff is at Wildcat Sports, cat with a K, K-A-T, Wildcat Sports. You can Instagram, social, you know, whatever, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. And here's the thing is we drop a lot of free content on YouTube. We've been putting up a lot of old stuff as well as new stuff. So if you love good wrestling, especially Southern wrestling, where it's not, you know, uh, spot fest stuff and choreographed and, you know, the fans get involved and the fans, you know, they, they're cheering the baby faces and they're going to heels. Wildcat Sports is a place for you, so please go check out our YouTube. We got a lot of good free content on it, and uh, you know, I want to. I want to. We have so many talented guys that don't really get the recognition that they deserve, and they're extremely hard workers. Just because of where we're at, we're not in the Northeast or the West Coast where there's a lot of spotlight on us. But right. these guys were most of them were in heels as well. You know, you'll see these guys in the background in heels and doing some of the matches with heels as well, or playing characters on the show. So, uh, yeah, please follow the Wildcat stuff. And then if you want to follow me personally, it's at Luke Hawks 504. It's L-U-K-E-H-A-W-X 504. So that's across all social media. During the course of this interview, something that I've put together here, I don't know, maybe I'm just slow and everybody's put it together before me, but the correlation between you and your son and the Wildcat Wrestling compared to Ace and Jack and the Duffy Wrestling League is spot on, right? Well, it, there's a reason I'm there. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a reason I'm a, I'm the guy for the job. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. this, this wasn't something where they wanted, you know, some guy who'd been off the TV, you know, and, and, and was a world heavyweight champion. Uh, yeah. I had the film experience. You know, I know cameras. I know directing. I, I know kind of, you know, all, all that stuff. So it was like, hey, and this is kind of loosely based off of me. They didn't write it off of me. 
but they're like, yeah. this is your life, and we know what right. you're doing. And we know so people are paying attention to what I do. So that's really cool, and uh, it's honor. You know, I'm honored to just have that opportunity, and I'm really honored to work with such a great team of people. I've never worked with a company where I'm, I'm serious from top to bottom. Everybody just got along. Everybody put their heart in. Everybody worked hard, and everybody just wanted to work together. Because you know, well, you know damn well. I mean, even in a regular job, how much you struggle and how you don't like this person or how you got to fight for this or yeah. you know, and this is one of those rare times where everybody came together and was just happy to be together. So and we yeah. all worked hard. Yeah, it's good. Man. Super awesome, man. And then thank you for coming on again. I'm glad we did this interview. This has been great. Uh, Jimmy, you yeah. got anything you want to wrap it up? Yeah, man. I've got one more thing to say again. Like Wolfie said, thank you so much. Now on this podcast, as it's coming up, we're telling the story of Wolfie D. And as we go, we're letting people hear, you know, his details from his start to his current to wherever it leads us in the future. The one thing I do feel like is going to happen is some sort of PG-13 biopic. So we would like to go ahead and ask you to play Wolfie D in the biopic, okay? <laughs> hey, I got the bald head, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the fucking ball. I could be more of a Slash character, but we'll go back and I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do the whole thing. Hey, hey, seriously, I really appreciate you guys because Wolfie, I mean, I, I, you know I've told you before, I'm, I'm a big fan. And yeah. uh, I really respect the things you and you and uh, Jamie have done. And I don't think you guys get enough credit for what you've done and what you deserve. And and I hope one day I can be around you. And I hope that, you know, more and spend some time again. And I hope that my son can be around you and learn from you, too, because that's a big part that's missing from the wrestling community nowadays. As you know, the blinds teaching the blind with indie guys with indie guys. Yeah. And they don't get to spend the time. And I really hope that, you know, I can be around you just to learn some things from you. And my son can learn some things from you. Man, you gave me cold chills, brother. Uh, Thank you for saying that again. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, this has been Live and in Color with Wolfie D. For Jimmy Street, for Luke Hawks, it's Wolfie saying see you next week. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. The
you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at LiveWolfieD. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash WolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie. D. Also, do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about? Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. got a cat. You don't.
And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause you're spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late blows for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.